What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Sports Job Podcast. It is your host, Kobe Castillo. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, I had Logan Belts, the Assistant Athletic Director for Special Projects at California State University Bakersfield, join us to break down his journey and share with us the tips and the advice and, and the keys to him being successful in the areas of sales and fundraising. Um, and I tell you what, I don't work in sales or fundraising. My job, my actual job is is event and facility management. But the things he talks about, there are things and concepts and advice and tips you can apply to really any area within the sports industry. You can apply it to your own personal life and your professional life and really help take you and progress forward. My biggest takeaway from the episode was that he mentioned, you know, the bigger strategy are always at play. The things that you learn in textbooks, the things that you learn in class, they're always at play. But you cannot forget the small things. You cannot forget the little things because oftentimes these little things are what make the biggest impact. These small things are are what could be possibly the reason why donors donate every single year, why you're going to be able to close the sale um, on season ticket passes or whatnot. So if you haven't listened to the episode, like many of the other podcast episodes that we have and the guests, they are available to you at any time on all podcast platforms. So I invite you to please go take a listen to that episode or any other episodes that you haven't listened to. So now for today's episode, it's a topic that really hits home with me. And I think I'm pretty confident to say that I'm sure that many of you have dealt with it yourself. Many of you are probably dealing with it right now. And it's, it's something that I deal with too on a daily basis. But, but I've been able to really do research and talk to certain people and, and figure out how to kind of really take control of it. So I wanted to talk about that today and talk about the strategies to really help take you to the next level in your career and your, your, your professional and personal life. So let's get to the episode. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been in a room in a room with with colleagues or peers or with other people in the sports industry and you look around and the first thought that comes to your head is do I belong here? You feel out of place. You feel like you don't deserve to be in the spot that you are. Or when you first take a job straight out of college, you're you're starting to do work, you're 2-3 weeks in and you look at what you're doing and you realize I have no clue what I am doing. Or your boss asks you to take on a task and, and you realize and you think to yourself, wow, this might be too big for me. So either you you take that worry home and it's on your mind every single day where it's crippling or you're so afraid to take it on because you don't believe in yourself or you don't think that you have the abilities or skills to do it that you you procrastinate and you you do it very last minute and it doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to. Or maybe you're even a perfectionist where you worry about every little thing, where you worry about that the things that you do, the things that you produce, they have to be perfect and you're afraid to fail. You have a voice in the back of your head that tells you that you suck, that you're a nobody. If any of these situations that I just explained or are very similar to what I explained then you've probably gone through the imposter phenomenon, otherwise known as imposter syndrome. And that's going to be today's topic is is the imposter phenomenon. 
the feeling that you feel like you don't belong, that you're not worthy of where you are in your life and that you feel out of place. You have a fear of being discovered um, that you're going to be found out, found out for a fraud in that case. And it's hard. I get it. It's difficult. Like I, I, I explained, you know, a couple weeks ago, I, I had this Zoom meeting with other university directors pertaining to wellness and recreation and mental health. And this meeting, it's, it's, it's very much a non-formal meeting. You know, we meet monthly to discuss kind of ideas and concepts that we're applying at, at our universities to kind of help take ideas from, from other campuses and learn from each other and help brainstorm with each other. And so we, we kind of go around asking, you know, what people have to share, what are they doing at their campus? And I found myself in this meeting and I'm 23 years old and I look at the people here and of course, I, I look their bios up and I realize, you know, these are people with 20 years of experience, 30 years of experience, 10 years of experience, a lot more experience than I have. And here I am at 23 years old, you know, only three, four years full time in the industry. And I, I'm sitting there and thinking to myself, what am I doing here? Like, I am out of my mind. I am out of my lead. Like, I do not belong here. Like, what could I possibly have to offer to these people? What can I say when they ask me what I have to say that will actually bring value to their life? Like, this is what I'm thinking in the moment. I'm getting super nervous because I know what's about to come back to me. They're going to put up, you know, they're going to say, hey, Kobe, you know, you want to share the things that you have, Crooks, and share any ideas you have. And I remember so vividly, this is, and this is not the very first meeting we had, it's actually like the third or fourth one. And I remember when they asked this and I was already in my head, I was already experiencing this imposter ph phenomenon, feeling like a fraud, feeling like I don't belong. And I told them, Oh, the greatest thing I have to offer you right now is just a listening voice. If you guys want to, if you want me to share my notes with all of you, I have the notes to share with you. And I said nothing else. And it was so foolish of me to do that because there's so many great things that we're doing here um, at UMC. So many different things I could have to offer. And really, I, I know for a fact, you know, they would have appreciated anything just to hear different perspectives, different ideas, because I know I like that. I just like to hear what different things that people are doing and see if I can take, you know, whether it's the whole concept or small things um, from everybody's different concepts and apply it here at Crookston. And so after this meeting, I kind of sat there and, and I was like, what in the world did I just do? The fact that I felt like a fraud held me back from sharing the great ideas that we have here, sharing what we have. It robs somebody of an opportunity to hear a new idea, a new perspective that they could have used at their own university. But that's what the imposter syndrome, the imposter phenomenon does to you. It's like we handcuff ourselves to our wall, to the wall and keep, keep ourselves from moving forward. We keep ourselves back. And I hear the same thing from many other people, right? You're afraid to raise your hand in a meeting to offer your idea because you're afraid that people, you know, are going to look at you and say, what do you have to say? Or you just feel like you don't have anything to say. How many times, how many situations? You know, please tell me, you know, let me know if you agree with this, because I, I definitely have found myself in this situation a lot of times, right, where 
we're, we're in a meeting with, with the rest of the administration and the rest of the staff and we're going around and, and people are asking for ideas and we're brainstorming and you have these, this great idea. You know what's a great idea on the tip of your tongue that's just ready to come out and for you to share with everybody. But it's this imposter phenomenon that keeps you back from saying it because you feel like you have no right to say it. You feel like it's not a great idea and you don't say it. But then literally 10 minutes later, someone says the same idea, the same idea that you thought 10 minutes earlier. The only difference is that they, they ended up saying it and you just held on to it. And that idea ends up being the idea that the whole athletic department use or the whole team uses. And you're sitting there like, I just, I thought about that literally 10 minutes ago, but that's what that imposter phenomenon can do. Or even can cause you to, to, to be so, so in your head that you're not able to do anything. I found myself where I feel this imposter phenomenon. I feel like I don't belong. That when I go home, I think about it. I get so worried that someone's going to think that I'm a faker. It's just so hard. It's just so hard. And I, I know for a fact that you probably have gone through the same thing. And I know there's so many different ways that this imposter phenomenon can cripple you and hold you back. But there was a time I, I, I finally decided that I needed to kind of take reign of, you know, take control of it and not let it take control of me. So I, I kind of went on this period of time where I did a lot of research on the imposter phenomenon because it's something that has existed for a very long time before at one point didn't even have a, a word for it. But from the research and, and, and people, they've been able to describe and, and really figure out how to deal with it. And before we get into the solutions, you know, the one big thing is, is that honestly, from what a lot of people have said, what I've read, it never goes away. You just learn how to deal with it a little better. It's like anything, right? I mean, it's just like anything that you have in life or you go through life. Sometimes some things are unavoidable. But the difference between certain outcomes is just the way you decide to handle it. How you you decide to look at it. So we're going to get into solutions um, as far as what's worked for me. Um, stuff that my therapist has shared with me. And really the, the other um, strategies that I've taken away from the different articles and podcasts and, and books that I, I really looked up to figure out how to deal with the imposter syndrome. So these solutions and, 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 and tips and advice and exercises that I'm about to share with you have on how to deal with the imposter phenomenon comes from three different ways. One, my own personal experience. I've dealt with imposter syndrome. I deal with it today. I've also had gone through the process of trying to figure out how to handle this. And I do feel like I am on a healthy side of it. Honestly, it is always an ongoing battle and I'm always learning new things. But to this point, um, I would love to share with you some of those things that I do that have helped me. Secondly, um, these are advice from my own therapist that I've got from my own sessions because this is something I've talked to her about how I feel like a fraud, about how it affects me on my daily life. And she provided me with certain exercises and different perspectives on how to look at it that has helped me deal with it in a healthier way. And third, 
as I mentioned, I kind of went through this period where I would look up articles and books and, and videos and podcasts and interviews to really figure out how to deal with this. And I was able to come up, come out of those interviews and those, those, my research with a, a couple ideas and a couple exercises that I use. Um, and that I don't, some of them I don't use, but maybe are useful to you. So the very first, first thing I want to start with is I want you to recognize and understand that you're not alone, right? You're not alone. And it's okay that you're feeling this way because there's a lot of us. There's, I feel this way. So when you're listening to this and you're like, this is me, this is, I deal with this. It is okay to feel this way. There's nothing wrong with you. It is very common. It's, it's one of those things that a lot of us go through. But the, the, the difficult thing is a lot of us that are going through this feel like we can't talk about it. Because again, the root of the imposter phenomenon is that we're gonna be, we feel like we're going to get found out as a fraud. So we definitely don't want to tell people that we feel that way. But for sure, please understand, please, that you're not alone. So now what I've done, what I started to do probably I would say last year is really start to get into journaling because one of the, the first things that that they say is you need to be aware of what you're feeling, why you're feeling, triggers, you know, even on the good days when you have good thoughts, when you feel confident, why is that? Was there something you did that day? Was there something you told yourself? What during that day helped contribute to that? So that way you can build the good, good habits, um, the positive thinking. That way you can put it on paper. And even honestly at night, right? Because at night for me, that's when a lot of the things are going through my head. I feel super heavy, like there's a burden on my shoulders. I, my head's running with these thoughts about how I'm not good enough, how I need to be doing this, how I, I shouldn't be doing this, how I don't deserve this. And being able to write it on a piece of paper, it honestly sometimes feels like I'm taking it on my out of my head and I'm using my journal as kind of a storage or I'm using, you know, my, my journal is helping me carry the burden of what I'm feeling. And like I mentioned, right, when there, when there are days that you do feel good, when you, you start to make progress, and you need to look back at it and be like, hey, I've made it from this far. You're able to understand why and maybe even put the, the puzzle pieces together and, and, and really build good habits and build good things and understand the triggers that maybe made you feel um, like an imposter. So that's one of the things I do. Also, another tip that I've really learned is that it is good to daily journal. It is. It's great. I, But also don't pressure yourself in saying, I have to daily journal. Because you don't want it to be another burden. You don't want to have, you don't want to feel like you're pressured to do it. My advice is, is, is do it when you feel like you have something to say. Do it when you need to say something. Journal then. Don't pressure yourself. Don't feel like you have to journal. The second tip um, that I, I found out kind of from research is make a list of things you'd say you are good at. Because again, with the imposter phenomenon, we're constantly thinking we're not good enough. That we don't deserve that job promotion or we don't deserve the job that we have today. But what's crazy is that the job that you don't think you, you should have you were recruited for. You went through an interview process. You were chosen for a reason. Maybe you didn't go through an interview process and, and someone you know knew that you're qualified for the job. 
There's a reason you're in that position. There's a reason you're in that grad program. Don't downplay it. And if you're having a hard time, think of it, make an actual list, like jot down list and say, these are the things I'm good at. And if you're having a good idea or a bad idea or a bad time, I'm saying, if you're having a a hard time coming up with things that you're good at, which honestly, I had a very difficult time and I'm sure you will have sure you might too, because the imposter phenomenon will probably do that to you. If you have a mentor or a friend that you're close with, literally ask them if they can share with you what you're good and good at. If they even better, if they can write it down on a list or type it down on a document and share it with you, that will be amazing because then you're able to see the things that you're good at. You're able to get that affirmation and, you know, and, and, and save it. Like if you write it down on a list or someone gives you a document, you can save it. And in the future, when you're feeling the negative feelings of the imposter phenomenon, you can look back at it and be like, this is what I'm good at. This is why I deserve to be there. The third thing, and now this is a lot easier said than done, but decide to be confident. Decide to be confident. One of the things I I, I told my therapist which has been a result of the imposter phenomenon is that when people talk to me and they give me compliments, say like, Hey, you're such a hard worker or you're, you do a good job or, Hey, you look very like, you look like you you've gained muscle or you lost weight. I literally initially respond with a negative comment. They give me a positive comment and I give them a negative comment. For example, like, oh, you know, you're a very hard worker. Yeah, I, I kind of have to be. I'm not as talented as other people. Or I don't think I work so hard. Right? Like, listen to that. Doesn't it sound? Instead, you know, my therapist was like, you should just say thank you. Say thank you. Own the compliment. Feel good about the compliment. You should feel good. There's a reason why they're giving you a compliment. But it was so hard for me to do that. And I had to go. I went through this kind of like two week. Even now, I I have to be aware of it. When someone gives me a compliment, I initially try to say thank you. I don't say some sort of negative comment or downplay myself or make myself seem less than what I actually am. So decide to be confident. The third one is very similar to decide to be confident. Own your accomplishments and be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. You may think it's not a big thing, but there's actual research out there that show the differences between moods, the difference between how productive somebody is by the way they speak to themselves, by the way what they tell themselves. Like literally in, in the morning, say I, Kobe, will get a lot of things done today. I, Kobe, am amazing. I deserve to be here. Tell yourself positive things. Give yourself encouragement. And see if that works. Because honestly, like I said, there's research out there that says that it makes a big difference. So I know it's it's, it's difficult, right? A lot of these things I'm saying is easier said to be done. But those three things, 
have honestly been a very big help to me. It's it's things that I do, it's things I've done, um, and, and things that have really helped me grasp a healthy, healthy hold of, of this imposter phenomenon. And I definitely still have my days. I mean, that meeting was literally only a few weeks ago where I talked about I felt like a fraud. But the fact that, you know, I was aware of it, I wrote about it in my journal, I was aware of why I was saying things and and the outcome of my actions, I knew I should have handled that a different way. That that wasn't me talking. It was my imposter phenomenon. Like it's it, it's interesting to see that and take a step back and really view it um, from from a third person view, kind of. And that way you can analyze it and understand. Like hey, like yeah, that wasn't me at the moment. That was I couldn't say what I could say. I have a lot more to offer. And that way, in the next situation, I'll be more confident and be like, no, I do have something to offer. Let me share my ideas. If there's any other ideas, please share with us on, on, on social media. Um, I'll be I'll be free. I'll freely retweet it or reshare it on Instagram and Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, because, um, of course, these are just three three ideas that have helped me. And I know there are a lot out there and I'm sure there's some things that for you that you do that maybe I didn't mention work for you and that could possibly work for someone else. But again, like this imposter phenomenon, this imposter syndrome, it's very crippling. It, it's difficult to deal with and it can really hold you back from taking that step forward that you need to um, missing out on opportunities because you were afraid to raise your hand or offer an idea. And I want to help you take the next step forward in your career and just be more at peace, be more confident. So again, you know, I, I want to end this episode actually with one of my favorite quotes uh, of the week. I was I was listening to the Jay Shetty podcast and he was interviewing Russ, this rapper who believes in manifestation and and his self-belief in him is it's crazy. It's on a whole other other level. And it's, it's the reason why he kind of attributes his success is to that self-belief. But Jay Shetty asked him, he asked him this, this, he says, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? And Russ responds with, what if it can turn out better than you can imagine? What if it can turn out better than you can imagine? So please, where you are, the success that you've had so far in your life isn't by accident. There's a reason. You're the reason. So please own your accomplishments. Ask somebody for help. Talk to somebody about what you're going through. Ask them to share with you what you're good at if it's hard for you to come up with things yourself. Journal. Be more aware of what you're feeling. But also, like I said in the beginning, most importantly, understand that you're not alone. I deal with it. A lot of your peers deal with it. It doesn't make you different. It doesn't make you less. It makes you human. So until next time, like I always say, we are all on our own individual journeys, but you are not alone. <laughs>